0: Sunday School class. Well, good morning again. Uh, if you would please fill out the connect card that you are handed when you walked in, uh, especially if you're new, that's really the first step in connecting to New Stanton Church. And we'd love to invite you to a meet and greet and explore what those next steps might be. Uh, well, we are starting a new series this morning titled Multiply, and I'm pretty excited about just digging into the Word of God uh, with you. I believe if you understand and apply the principles and truths that I'm going to share with you, that it it will change your life. So I want to jump right in. Uh, If you would turn in your Bibles, or you can follow along on the screen, to Exodus chapter 13. We're going to start with verse 1 this morning. The Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me every firstborn male the first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me whether human or animal and what what I want you to make note of here is that the firstborn belongs to God in other words God is saying when when you have uh sheep and one one of your sheep has a little lamb that first one isn't yours it is mine. The same is true of all the firstborn sons. God is saying they're, they're not yours, they are mine. Now jump down to verse 12 and 13. You are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. That means it was sacrificed. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem a lamb, redeem with a lamb, every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck, redeem every firstborn among your sons. So, wow, you do not want to be one of the firstborn male animals in the nation of Israel, uh, because you will die. Um, Being a donkey is a little bit better um, because your life is redeemed by a lamb. Now, that's if your owner wants a donkey. If your owner doesn't want a donkey, God says it's the firstborn, it's still mine, it's not yours, break its neck. You you, you can't keep it just because you don't want it. Now, first, as, as we just noted, God is laying claim to the firstborn and we'll get, we'll get to why in a moment but God is setting things up so that unclean animals like a donkey need redeemed by a clean animal like a lamb. But if you're not willing to be not willing to redeem the firstborn of an unclean animal, God is saying you're going to lose it anyway, because it's mine. You are to sacrifice, sacrifice on the altar every firstborn because it belongs to God. It's not yours. People are different. Whew. <laughs> every firstborn male needs redeemed. You, you can't kill them. I know some of you have teenagers, but you can't. It's not, you can't do that. Again, this is strange to us. What? Why would you even need to say that? Because in this day, human sacrifice was not uncommon. The people of God, even though the firstborn belongs to God, are not to kill human beings. Now, this morning, the the principles we're going to look at are the principles of giving God what is first. And the first principle we've already seen. It's on the screen. You can fill in the blank if you want to. Uh, The firstborn males must be either sacrificed or redeemed. And the way that you know which one to do, sacrifice or redeem, is whether or not that animal was clean or not. You didn't just flip a coin. Animals that were clean, sacrificed. Animals that were unclean, Something else clean had to die in their place. Now, I don't know if you ever thought much about this. Maybe not, because we don't do this anymore. But you can see Jesus all over this. The unclean, the unclean needed redeemed by a sacrifice of the clean. That, is, that has Jesus written all over the place all of us agree that we were born unclean, born sinful. If you have little kids, you know this is true because you, you have to teach kids to be good. You don't have to teach kids to be bad. That comes naturally. All of us, all of us are born sinful. Jesus is the only exception to that rule. He's the only one. Therefore, according to the way God set things up, the clean to be sacrificed in order to redeem that which was unclean. God set this in motion in Exodus, and it carries all the way through to the New Testament to Jesus. This is one of those Old Testament practices that taught people the need to be redeemed by God. It's why when Jesus came and he was referred to as the Lamb of God that was slain, the people of Israel went, oh, Because we've been redeeming the firstborn and the unclean for generations. But this principle of giving God the first applies to more than just animals. It, it also applies to finances. And all God's people groaned, right? But bear with me. Um, stick with me. Jesus talked about finances. Uh, if we don't learn finances from the Bible, where are we going to learn it? We're, we're Christians. We, we learn it here. Giving God what's first it, it applies to animals it applies to crops it applies to finances it also applies to the day in which we worship did you know that we worship on sunday even though the people of israel worship on the sabbath which was saturday why do we do that as christians there, there are a couple reasons Num- number one Sunday is the day Jesus rose from the dead. So every Sunday, every single Sunday that we gather together is like a mini Easter. We gather on Sunday morning to say, He is risen. And because He lives, we live also. Second, Sunday is the first day of the week. I know many of us have in our minds that that Monday is the first day of the week, but Sunday is really the first day of the week. And see, if if you give God the first, the rest are blessed. If you give God the first, the rest are blessed. It applies to animals. It applies to crops. It applies to the first day of the week. And it also applies to finance. Giving God the first, principle number two. When giving God the first of anything, it must be the first. I want to look at a couple of scriptures. Exodus twenty three nineteen says this. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil into the house of the Lord your God. So, so God wants the best of the first fruits, not the best of the last fruits. It's the best of the first fruits. And then Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. So you can see if you if we bring God the first, the best, we will be blessed. The rest will be blessed, and you will have scripture says, an abundance. So God wants us to honor him with the first and the best. Wealth, crops, animals, kids. But that takes faith, right? Think of it in terms of just animals for a second. God didn't say, after your sheep has ten sheep, bring me one. God said, I want the first one. Give me the first and the rest will be blessed. That principle also applies to wealth. We bring our tithe to God. We bring God it. Our tithe, are our first fruits, on the first day of the week, and yes, for those of you who are wondering, that the Bible talks about a tithe that has ten percent. Now, I know some people don't like the thought of that being ten percent, but it's in the Bible, and I don't know what to tell you. It's it's just in the Bible. Um, but what people often don't get about the tithe is that God wants the first ten percent. Again, this is an expression of trust. And faith. It takes faith to give God 10% first and then pay your bills. It takes faith not to pay your bills first and then pay God what's left over. In truth, God is always first. Whether we put Him first or not, God will always be first. He just is first. He is above all, before all higher than all, God is first. We can even see this demand of God for the first at work when the Israelites were going into the promised land. Do you remember what the, the first city the Israelites came to and took was? Remember the name of the city? It, it was Jericho. And God said, I want all the gold and all the silver from the city of Jericho. You bring the first city's wealth into the storehouse of the Lord and the rest of the cities that you capture will be blessed but when they didn't when when somebody kept some of that back the second city I that they tried to capture was not blessed see God didn't say take 10 cities and then give me the wealth from one God said give me the wealth from the first city and you can have the rest. This way of relating to God is all throughout the Bible, and it doesn't change. God doesn't change. His nature, his character never changes. Why? Because God is perfect. We can change. We can improve. We can get better, but God can't because God is the best. God is perfect. God is holy. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you know what else God can't do? God can't think like we think. You know why? Because we think to figure things out. God doesn't ever figure things out. Nothing has ever... Occurred to God after thinking about it for a while. God has never said, Oh, now I get it. Because He knows everything. It's just who He is. I think God's desire for our best, for our first, is one of those things that has never changed about God. I don't think God will ever declare, You know what? I've changed my mind. You, You no longer have to give me what is best and what is first just just bring me whatever you have left over if we don't give god the first and the best we're not following this principle of offering god what's first that's through all of scripture okay now, principle number 3 when giving god the first the tithe must be first leviticus 27:30 god says this All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. So we saw that the firstborn was the Lord, and now God's specifically laying claim to the tithe. Same language. Now, at the first church that I served, I had multiple conversations. As a pastor who tries to teach the Word of God and tries to teach this to people, uh, this is this is always one of the congregation's most favorite subjects in the world. You know? No, um, but I had multiple conversations with this one guy that that used to say this to me. You know what? I I don't tithe, and the reason I don't tithe a tenth is because tithing was for those under the law, and I am under grace. Now, that is an argument that people who, that are Christians use. Who, who want to find a biblical excuse not to tithe, um, but it, it doesn't hold water. And I want to share with you share with you why. First of all, the practice of tithing was in place before the law came about. Jacob tithed to the Lord four hundred years before the law. Abraham tithed to the Lord four or five hundred years before the law. It, it's a principle of giving God what's first that has always been in place. God says, it is mine. Now, I know this is a little bit different, but even in the Garden of Eden, at the beginning of creation, stewardship was in place. God created everything, but he told Adam and Eve, you can eat from any tree except that one. Interpretation, that one is mine not yours so there's this there's this principle of some things just belong to god and it's not tied to the law and that the second reason that argument doesn't hold water is because jesus himself affirmed tithing in matthew 23 23 i want to read it woe to you teachers of the law and pharisees you hypocrites you give a tenth of your spices mint deal cumin but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter, tithing, without neglecting the former. Jesus said, y- you should tithe, but that doesn't mean you can't do, not do what's right. You still have to do what's right. It, tithing is an excuse for you to do whatever you want because now you feel like you fulfilled all God's obligations. Jesus said it. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's enough. Jesus said it. I'm going to do it. Okay. Third, not only that, but the law, the law said a whole bunch of things. Um, If the argument, I'm under the law, so I don't have to, if that holds true, is that true about everything that the law proclaimed? The law said, don't murder, don't commit adultery. Honor your father and mother. If we're free from tithing because that was the law, are we free from all those other things too? All all I'm saying is that argument does not hold water. Think, Think of it this way. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, the righteousness of those under grace is more than those under the law. Jesus said, you have heard it said, do not murder. But I tell you, don't even hate your brother, or you've committed murder in your heart. Jesus said, you have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I say, if you even look lustfully, you have committed adultery in your heart. So those under grace have a righteousness higher, more than those under the law. So if somebody says, well, pastor, I don't, I don't tithe because I'm not under the law anymore. I'm under grace. I should say, well, praise Jesus. You probably do like 15% or something like that. Tithe is first, and it's not tied to the law. Okay, let's look at an example just to put some skin on this. Let's say you made $1,000 this past week, and you got paid in $100 bills. So you would have 10 of them. I know, this is not higher math. Um, this is preacher math. <laughs> um, so if you got paid $1,000 and you got 10 $100 bills, how much would the tithe be? hundred bucks I know preacher math easy math okay next question according to the principle of giving God what is first and what is best which of those hundred dollar bills is God's the answer is the first one that leaves your hand because we give God what's first and what's best not just what's left The, the, the amount is important but also the order the order is important because if we give God the first the rest are blessed and we all know I mean let's just be honest we all know what happens if we don't give God what's first right he he ends up with what's left um, and sometimes there, there's not much left at the end of all that but he ends up with that giving giving God the first makes giving us a, a step of faith we face this test every single time we get paid in fact This is the only matter in all of Scripture that God commands that we test him in. He says, bring the whole tithe into my storehouse. Test me in this. Don't give what's first to anyone but God because only God can bless the rest of your finances. And I believe he will. In fact, if you would commit to giving and tithing for a year, I will have Janine, our treasurer, Give you back your entire year's tithe if God is not faithful to you as you take that step of faith. Honestly, because I believe God says, test me in this and that God will bless the rest. You have nothing to lose. But if this principle is true, I believe you do have something to lose if you don't follow it because it's the word of God. Let's go back to... Uh, Exodus 13. I want to review a couple of the verses and then add one more. Uh, This is the the reason why. After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you as he promised on an oath to you and your ancestors, you, O people of Israel, are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb... Every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sins. So we, we, we've covered that. Here's the why. In the days to come, when your son asks you, What does this mean? Say to him, With a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So he, here's what that means. There is going to come a day, the Bible says, when your son or your daughter is going to say to you, "What are you doing, Dad? What, 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 what are you doing when you're paying bills? What are you your daughter is going to say? What are you putting in that offering basket when it goes by? Think about it. Back in the day, um, you're a sheep herder. You have sheep, and and you're." You, you watch your dad take every firstborn lamb that is born, and he cuts its throat, drains its blood, and burns it up on the altar. Now, first of all, that little kid is not going to mess with dad. <laughs> Think about the discipline problems that that could handle just right there. But but as, as the son gets older and comes into the family business, the son's probably going to say, Dad, you know, we need to have a talk. Um, in case you haven't noticed, we're in the sheep Hurting business and you have like this really bad habit of killing every firstborn lamb and burning it on a pile of stones and i'm i i do not know if you've done the math but it's really cutting into our profits we, we could keep those and we could sell them scripture says when that happens dad needs to say this son you're right we need to have a talk but you see we weren't always sheep herders. In fact, we didn't we didn't even used to own any sheep. Our entire race, our entire nation, we were slaves in Egypt. And one night, on one night, God brought us out from that land. And when he Every firstborn male Egyptian man and animal died. But God spared all of our firstborn. By the blood of a lamb, God spared every firstborn male, every firstborn animal. So we gladly give to God first and the best because God saved us. He redeemed us. I watched my father do this after he got saved all throughout my childhood. My dad, I, I would sit with him at the kitchen table and watch my dad make out bills, and he would always make that tithe check out first, and he would hand it to me on Sunday morning. And I would put it in the offering plate. And nowadays you'd have to watch your have your kids watch you pay bills online and maybe hit the send button or something. I don't know. (laughs) But but he always did that first. You know why? Because my dad, (laughs) my dad was not always a Christian. In fact, my dad wasn't always a nice man. He was a slave to his temper and a whole lot of sin. But God. God brought him out of that slavery and redeemed him. And when God redeemed my dad, God redeemed all of us. So my dad, he spent years being the boss of his own life. Well, that didn't work at all. So, so from that point on, when he met Jesus, when God brought him out, he was done trying to operate on his own rules, so he gave God the first best and the rest were blessed. Let's pray. As we pray this morning, God, I just want to challenge those of us in the house to ask, ask the Holy Spirit just one question this morning. What are you saying to my what are you saying to me? What are you saying to to my life, my priorities, my finances? What are you saying to me through this message? Morning. And as you a- ask that question and God answers, I pray that you would just be obedient this morning to whatever God lays on your heart. God not only wants you to put Him first in your finances, but He wants you to trust Him. He wants to be first in every area of your life. And some of you here this morning, if you were honest, would have to say, you know what? God is not first in my life. He might be number two. He might be number three. But this morning, you're ready to make him number one. You know. You know that you know that you know. loves you so much that he sent his best to redeem you. And it doesn't matter how unclean or what you've done or where you've been. That's the whole point. It was the whole point of the law is just to point out that we can't measure up. But God sent So if you know this morning that you would, you're just here to make God first. With every head bowed, every eyes closed, if you know you're here to put God number one this morning, would you slip up your hand this morning? Awesome. Awesome. God, I want to pray for these brothers and sisters who are putting you first. God, I pray that as you bless the rest of their life. That God, when when they have kids, that they would be able to say, you know what, there was this day that I put God first. And that's what I do, what I do. It's why I love your dad. It's why I love your mom. It's why we've stuck together. It's why I give you the first of everything. It's why we make going to church a priority on Sunday. It's why you grew up in a home that knows love and security and joy because God became first and he loves you too. He sent his son to die in your place. And God, I pray that you would unleash your spirit to fill these brothers and sisters to abundance and overflowing in Jesus' name.